Welcome back to Revolutionary Health, the show that focuses on Black gay men's health and wellness. I'm your host, Michael Ward. As always, make sure you like, subscribe, comment, follow all of our social media on Twitter. We're at Building Desire on Facebook and Instagram at The Counter Narrative. So share this video, comment, send us your thoughts, all of that. I am so excited about this episode. I am sitting here with Ajamal, creative artist, MFA student at this current time, one of the dear people in my life. And this is our first time actually seeing each other in like a year through Zoom, virtually. I haven't seen you in person in like, feels like forever. But I'm so excited to have you here so we can have this conversation. How yes. are you feeling and everything that's going on with COVID-19 where you are? You know, Michael, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, been watching and been learning and been able to receive so much great information from what you guys are doing over at Connor Narrative. And to be one of those moving parts within the community, it's always a joy to be back here, having an opportunity to have a conversation with you. Um, I know I haven't seen your face, I haven't seen you smile. I mean, this is crazy. You know, in over a year, you know, it's funny how time passes. Um, Chicago is wonderful. But um, I surely do miss my friends down in Atlanta. Miss you, miss you a lot. So this is this will have to suffice. And I'll show this interview uh, conversation. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna go really well. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a conversation, not structure, not any of that. But we haven't seen each other in a year, like you say. And I think this idea for us started really a year ago. Like when we were shooting with Counter Narrative on the virtual reality shoot, and we were talking about, I forgot how we came across Disclosure and talking about our stories and our lives. I don't even remember that. But I think it was something that we really wanted to talk about a year ago, but Universe and everything brought it back to us right, right now at the time that it needs to be had. That's true. That's true. And I think being that everyone has slowed down the slower pace of, of life right now in the whole world, you know, um, as fast as they want us to get back to work, we have to understand that when we return back to our normal, whatever the new normal is, um, and we are putting ourselves first and continue to do that. So I think that's where our conversation around disclosure started. We were just sharing our perspectives on like how we take the better care of ourselves now, now that we're like in our thirties, you know, like, you know, versus, the mistakes and the certain things that we were just kind of the walls we were hitting in our twenties and and before, you know. Um, and I think that's how we started talking about it. It was just like small. It was really a small, kind of casual uh, topic at first, and then it just we just <laughs> kind of kept talking about it. So yeah, I think especially so for the basics. So the start at the basics for people who don't know what disclosure is or what it means. It's not the Netflix documentary, but it's pretty much revealing your HIV status um, to a medical professional, to your friends, to your family, to your sexual partners, any of those disclosing your HIV status with them, whether you're HIV negative or HIV positive. And so that's going to be pretty much the basic of what disclosure uh, means. And I, and I think especially now in this time, like you say, that we get to slow down. We realize that people are still having sex, that people are still 
um, testing reactive with HIV and all of these things that are going on while we're still quarantined on lockdown. So I think this conversation will be really, really, really important. And just our own journeys uh, with this and how we've done it, like you said, I think it's going to be really, really, really powerful for people. So I'll start with myself. I'll, you, <laughs> I'll start with myself because I remember when we talked about it, I kind of was taking it from the piece of like the funny stories of um, as a person living with HIV of saying like, I remember an experience um, where it was a, oh, he was so fine. It was this really fine guy that I was dating at the time or wanting to date then and so well afterward. And, um, you know, I would do this whole formal sit down thing, take you out to the restaurant, like in a, in a semi-public place because I felt like that would be safer for me. Like if somebody blew up on me or they wanted to fight or anything like that, or it gave me an easy exit um, if it didn't go so well. And I remember, um, I mean, like really handsome guy. We had met on BGC Live. Jesus, aging myself. And, and so, you know, I sat him down at the table. We were talking and everything like that. And I remember, you know, I disclosed. I said, you know, I'm living. Uh, I don't know what I said at the time, but now I have better language for it. Um, but I, I probably was just like, hey, I'm, you know, HIV positive, blah, blah, blah. And I remember him blowing up on me. Like, he was like, why the fuck did you tell me this? And blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm doing what I thought. I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do, right? Like, I'm supposed to, before we have sex or anything like that, tell you what my status is. And, like, he totally, like, blew up and, like, why the fuck are you telling me this? And I didn't need to know this information. I'm like okay, this is really, like, this is really, really odd for me. And I think af after that, I didn't hear from him ever again in life. I, I wish him well wherever he is. But I think my way of, like, at that point of coping with it and kind of, like, just being able to press on and move forward was dealing with it through laughter and trying to, like, look back on it now in my 30s and being like, you know, that was really fucked up. But it was, like, now I can sit back and laugh at it. But I can honestly admit at the point, it really was traumatizing to me. And it really kind of, for me, was like, I had to go in my mind and be like, wow, is this how everybody's going to take this? Like, is this, am I going to have to deal with this every time? Like, dealing with the stigma of it, of like people rejecting me. And I, and I don't, I don't want to call it rejection, but of people not giving me like a favorable response. Because obviously he wasn't meant to be in my life, any of those things. So I think that first kind of like talk about it was I wanted to make it funny and be humorous and tell like the stories about like the funny times and now reliving it. I think it's not funny. I think it is, it is still trauma for me, but I think I was trying to heal myself through laughter and, you know, kind of laughing it off and going through it like so many of us do. Um, but I think that really set me up. Like you said, to, to be able to, like learn better ways and be okay with that everybody's not gonna accept what my status is mm -hmm. and telling myself like this isn't like that doesn't determine my worth and that's years it's years like for me to be able to live in this and sit in this and say that it's been like years so i remember us talking about that like the first time and wanting to deal with it like in that humorous way and mm -hmm in all of those things, because we were like, we have so many stories, like this has been an ongoing thing of, of, of both doing those. And yeah, 
And it will continue because we are thriving with HIV. We're living and we're, we're here. So we have many times to tell, you know, and we don't mind, you know, as we are proudly living with it and we're advocating for uh, many people to get tested and to get um, knowledge of your status, you know, so it's, it's, this is sexual partners. These are relationships perhaps that are um, close, you know, proximal people in your life, you know, that you may have to tell sometimes. So hopefully this kind of information will help you when you have your clothes on and when you're about to take them off. So <laughs> I think, because um, I've been in different situations where they, it was intimate and then it was also like, I just needed to tell someone because they, they were someone I loved or someone I felt like needed to know. Um, but it's, a, it's just so many different situations where I've even almost been um, in an unsafe situations, you know, where this uh, person probably like, um, he wanted to blow up on me, but um, I think, I think, you know, me telling him was almost like a deflation of everything that we had going on and then fantasy that, that they had built up. Um, and honestly, you know, it was just a casual thing, me and this person. And it was the first time I met them off of um, one of those apps. And um, all this is recent, by the way. So, um, yeah, all this is recent. And I think like that's, like a, I believe when you are on this journey, you're constantly learning like how to retell your, like how to retell your status, how to disclose your status, and that's okay. Um, and so I had another learning moment where we were having a great time, me and this guy, and talking and everything. The conversation, energy was going, and so I used to have this this whole idea ideology like where it was like uh, if I didn't tell you and you didn't tell me then we're good because I'm assuming <laughs> I'm assuming that you're aware you know and I think that kind of Russian roulette is kind of scary, you know, and I, I forever, I played that for so long. So I'm mean, really being honest here is, you know, like this idea of ignorance is bliss, what they don't know, they don't need to know, or if you, and I've been in situations where I've told and they didn't, they, they, they would prefer being ignorant over everything else, they didn't, like how you just mentioned. Um, and so this particular time, and, and, and just to be clear, like I'm HIV positive, but I do not <laughs> vilify raw sex, okay? Um, actually- Or condomless sex, as, as we should say. Oh, oh. No, uh, that's my preferred language. You don't have to use it. I'm good with raw. Oh. Literally and figuratively, but yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah. 
the in the streets we call it. <laughs> we call it raw. <laughs> you know. Um, so here we are. Great conversation, and I'm I'm like, how far can I go here? Because my mouth can go kind of like. Michael? Oh, I mean, as as comfortable as you want to. I think <laughs> I think just noting as well that this is going to live forever <laughs> is the most important thing. And to give yourself room, grace, and space as well to evolve and know that this may change. Um, it's how um, I try to take it. Yeah, I'm okay with everything that I say because I only have this one lifetime in this body. So if I'm able to use whatever I say and just uh, if it be used, if it be, if it could touch somebody out there, I don't mind. So I'm just going to tell y'all the straight up uh, thing. Okay, so we, we're going to have raw sex. I'm at the place where I am about to put my dick inside of this person. Like a centimeter away <laughs> from the do. And knowing that I, I had not thought about, I had not even considered my my status, like it had not came up. I, I was so caught up in the rapture and just knowing that my way, my ideology, it, it's stuck, it's tr tried and true. They don't ask, don't tell you, don't say nothing, keep it moving. Um, Basically, <laughs> we get this close, and and at that point, um, he turns and he 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 asks, "Well, you have a condom?" And I'm like, mm, mind blown. <laughs> Where's my condom? I, get, I gave up carrying condoms because I got so caught up in this ideology that I built for myself. Like, and it was, it was, it was over at that point. It was done. That was, it was over. And so, why did you not have any condoms? Yeah. So at that yeah. point, it was like this ain't even gonna happen. Well, at that point. I didn't have a condom, and then what it led to was why am I about to put my dick inside of you without a condom? And then that led to a disclo like a disclosure that was very uncomfortable. And um, it could have went violent, could have went the other place. You know, I could could not be sitting here now because he was really upset. And I could not be, I could not be more guilty than, like, I could never have been more guilty than how I felt like at that moment. I was just devastated. And I realized that my old way of doing things, it, like I said, it was, that was it. It was, it was done. Um, no longer could I pick and choose figure out or have the time to try to figure out when to say it 
And um, I believe disclosure, it, it just looks different every time. So every I, fucking time. So, so while I have this kind of horrific moment, there's been other times where I did I did uh, disclose or maybe I was in a better better space at the time to where I felt confident enough to say it in that in that space or maybe it just came up. So every time it looks different. But I, I wanted to start off uh, by talking about a time where it didn't go well and mm-hmm. about how you have to change old ways of thinking, you know, around mm-hmm. status and how you gonna be uh negotiating and moving around with people because sometimes if you don't have that moment to like really process you want to make sure you have that moment to process before you're in a situation where somebody is like wilding out on you you know yeah so you don't want to so i definitely like i said i just kind of rethought things for myself and now I am um, absolutely dedicated to being I'm that guy now that's like we're sitting down I'm like hey you know it's it's nice to meet you for the first time and I'm like well you know you too and I just want to share with you that I'm also positive you know and matter of fact now I'm at the point now where if I'm on the app I'm telling guys straight up, (laughs) I just don't want any issues. I don't want any problems. I love my life. I love other people. And I don't want anybody thinking that I'm out here or feeling that they, you know, their brother, another black man is trying to like uh, give them something they can't get rid of. So, Yeah, definitely. I want to, I want to just touch on a few things too that, that resonated with me and then go into uh, what I remember you telling me in one of our conversations is I remember, I remember realizing kind of uh, the same as coming out, you know, where people think that it's this one time, you know, for like, oh, okay, I, I, I am gay and this is it. I'm never gonna have to like explain this or ever say this to anybody again. What a fucking lie. And then kind of with disclosure, you kind of feel like, okay, cool, I'm gonna say this the one time, and I'm not gonna have to keep saying this. And I think what I've learned with both processes for me, for the people that don't know I'm gay, is um, is that I had to sit with it myself first and I had to kind of take it in, uh, you know, realize that this is now a part of who I am. This is, this is in me. And then that it's going to look different every time because it's going to be a different person. And they've got their own set of uh, trauma, they've got their own set of ideals, beliefs, value system. They're just a whole different person, right? And so I had to learn how to sit with myself first on it. And then, like you say, navigate within myself of how it feels for me when I choose to disclose how I do it. When do I do it? Because those are things that I had to learn as well. Do I put it on the app? If my face is attached to it, how is it? I don't know who has access to it. All of those things went through my mind. Like all of those like things went in the ice. I call it like the, the 10 minute icebreaker, right? When you meet somebody new from the app and they come over and it's like that awkward five to 10 minute conversation where it's like, you know what we came to do. Like, you know why we are here, but it's still kind of like treating 
for me, it's important too to treat treat it more than now where I am is treating it more than just a hookup, but still realizing that this is another person, um, of humanizing them in that way of just being like, hey, how are you? How's everything going? Let's, you know, the five to 10 minute little chill thing, and then we can make googly eyes and go into it. But I've, I've had to learn that too, of like protecting myself and my safety, because like you said, in a restaurant, like I'm now I'm thankful that I did do it in a semi-public place because had it been my home or had it been his home or something like that, and I don't have anything on me to protect myself but my hands, and who knows how that might have went um, for those. So I think that's I think those are definitely pieces that I learned that have been helpful for me <clears throat> that I'm still navigating through. And thank you too, thank you for sharing that because I think that's important even as somebody who has to disclose of uh, people disclosing to me too, you know, and I have to realize that it's, <laughs> it's, um, it's a very, very humbling process sometimes of somebody else telling me their story of mm. disclosing to me. And it's always a gratitude thing for me and being thankful and saying, I thank you for sharing that with me because you can tell with some like, I've been in situations where I can tell where it's like, this is really hard for them to say. Um, and they haven't really formed the words and the language or it may be new to them or they may be recently diagnosed and still dealing with all of the emotions that come with it because it's so much more that comes with it than just saying, you know, this is, I'm HIV positive, I'm living with HIV. You know, there's still, are you in care? Are you taking a medication? Are you on meds? And sometimes I've had to play the role of therapist, life coach, advisor, mm -hmm. all of those things too. And it's like, okay, five to 10 minutes, I'm ready to fuck. But it's like, I'm still like realizing that this is another person with their own, own things that they're going through with um, HIV and living with oh. HIV um, recently. So I just want to point that out. But one of the things that I thought was so like, that really <laughs> touched me and I, I, I love it so much is that um, when we're having a conversation, because this has been a year, and this has been a year with us on our own journeys of coming to be able to tell to tell this. But um, I remember you saying that disclosure is a gift, and I was like, Phew. like it is. Like I really, I had never thought of it in those terms because, like you said, as a as a black man uh, who is so so passionately in love with black men. Um, of realizing in my own life the trauma and unpacking those things and seeing that in other Black men that are uh, living with HIV and how it's affected us disproportionately and all of these things, that I think it is, it is a gift. It is a gift. Thank you guys so much for watching part one of this incredible conversation with Ajamal and I is so much stuff that we didn't get to pack into this one episode. So make sure that you come back for part two. Um, as always, like, subscribe, follow, and comment on Instagram, Facebook at The Counter Narrative. On Twitter, we're at Building Desire. As always, be good to yourself.